Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. On a special Christmas edition of the Texas Values Report, we're doing this a little bit earlier in the week because we usually record on Friday. Our office is going to be closed on Christmas Eve. We imagine you may not be paying as much of attention to what we're saying either on Christmas Eve, particularly on Christmas Day when the show runs on the radio show. So we're going to try to catch you early. We're going to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of Christmas fun. Maybe bring a little Christmas cheer into your life. And look, we work on serious topics, okay? Religious freedom, marriage and family, and pro-life issues. We do that work in the courts, the legislature, in the media, in all three arenas. And we're the largest faith and family public policy organization in the state of Texas with supporters in all 254 counties of the state. As a matter of fact, this weekly radio show has been running for almost five years, and we're now doing it in a beautiful new studio that's in-house as a part of our suite. But I say all that because we also like Christmas and we work on protecting Christmas, all right? Christmas expressions in public, Christmas expressions in public schools, maybe in hospitals, a variety of places where conflicts have come up and we have come to the rescue. But Christmas is a religious holiday. I mean, it is a religious celebration. It is about the birth of Christ. Now it's become a cultural thing in our country, in our state, and that's fine. You know, if people that aren't particularly religious also celebrate Christmas. It's a part of the American experience. But we know that the historical origins of Christmas is the birth of Christ, of Jesus Christ. And for us Christians, Christ is our Savior. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with a member of our Texas Values team, Brian English. I may mix into that some of the conflicts we've had over the years with government officials that have wanted to restrict Christmas. Who would want to be restricting the celebration of Christmas. That's a good way to get a lump of coal in your stocking, but I'm just saying, okay? I don't have the cell phone number of Santa, but who knows? All right, so, but on a more serious topic though, Brian English is the director of the Church Ambassador Network for Texas Values. It's a new project of Texas Values that we started uh, mainly this year, but a little bit last year. Uh, Brian formerly has worked as a pastor. He's worked in communications for a family policy council for the state of Iowa. And he was also the faith outreach director for U.S. Senator Ted Cruz from the state of Texas. Brian, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. It's good to be here. And it's a fun way to wrap up the year to talk about Christmas and some of the fun things that we've done with Texas Values and the Church Ambassador Network. Yeah, there's no doubt. And next week, as a matter of fact, a little preview. We're going to try to do something special on December 30th where we have a longer, long extended version of this broadcast, if you will, through the radio and by Facebook Live to talk a little bit more detail about some of our work. But we're a couple of days away from Christmas. So I thought, Brian, you know, look, we talk a little bit about the, the, um, the event, the history, and really the significance of Christian, excuse me, Christmas for Christians and for a lot of people in America that may not consider themselves Christian or marginally wherever they land. But, you know, the Church Ambassador Network is about putting, uh-oh, there goes my cell phone. <laughs> the, uh, sorry about that, guys. The Church Ambassador Network is about connecting uh, government leaders with the leaders of the church and developing those relationships. And so, you know, a lot of the elected officials are back in their districts. Many of them will be at church um, on Christmas or around Christmas. But, you know, look, it's part of what you do. Brian, is you share the gospel with elected officials, you spend time with them, you minister them. And for many people, you know, they get around the Christmas season and a lot of things can come into focus a little bit more, really a good annual reminder, if nothing else, of what it's all about and where it all started. That's right. And, and when you get to a season like this, where 
it seems like the society as a whole is a little more focused on issues of faith and the birth of Christ. We want to have built relationships prior to Christmas or New Year's when people maybe are, maybe are thinking a little more along that line so that we can have conversations that are meaningful. We also, of course, want to have a positive impact on just the culture and the environment at the state capitol. And so what we do with the Church Ambassador Network is, is, as you said, we build deliberate relationships. It's almost like a mission trip for these pastors. We bring them to the Capitol, and it's kind of like being a chaplain for a day. They're not going in there to twist arms. They're not going in there to learn how to lobby. They're going in there to actually meet with and minister to members of the legislature, or we've been other places like the Railroad Commission and, and other uh, folks in government at various levels. But just to give you an example and, and the folks listening, an example of the impact that that can have, uh, just in this previous legislative session, which granted was a little drawn out, but we had volunteer pastors donate over 500 hours inside the Capitol building. That's pastors on the ground meeting with members and sharing the gospel. And it, it just, I believe, has a profound impact. Well, that's wonderful. And it's always nice to quantify things so people get sort of a perspective on it. Speaking of Christmas, I do have some Christmas gifts here. We got our little Texas Values football. If you're looking for reasons to donate, I'm going to make a couple of donation plugs while we're in this broadcast, if that's okay with you, Brian, because we are a nonprofit organization to continue work like the Church Ambassador Network and other projects at Texas Values. We need your tax deductible donations, right? We can't save the world if we can't pay the bills. Some smart leader from a nonprofit entity, Brian will probably remember his name, said that. But look, if you uh, if you send it in an email with a $100 donation or more, we'll get you one of these Texas Values ornaments. I like to keep my tree up at least a week or two after Christmas, okay? So you could still fit this in with that delivery. It's got a nice manger scene on the back, okay? We are a Christian organization. And so that's what you see here, my little props. And if people want to remember what we're all about, that's the Bible in there and the come and take it flag. Some people want to take our Christianity and they want to take Christmas. I mean, and I, so I wonder, and we've had some conflicts over the years where we've had to run to the rescue of celebrations and Christmas in public schools. The Charlie Brown poster case, okay, where a employee in Colleen put up an expression of Christmas on a door at a nurse's office in a public school in Colleen. She was told she could leave it up unless she, but she had to tear off the part that said Jesus. Can you believe that, Brian? She, they, they literally said, tear off the part that says, Jesus, leave everything up. She said, I'm not doing that. We went to court. We tried to negotiate with them to avoid going to court. They wouldn't do it. We went to court and we won. She got to put that poster up. Uh, you know, there can still be a lot of hostility to Christianity, even around or Christmas, even around uh, Christianity around the Christmas time. Um, even though a lot of people sort of participate in something, when you start getting into the religious part of it, sometimes people get a little right. testy, they see, you know, a manger scene that's a little bit too big or is, you know, seems a little bit too religious. But the historical, you know, accuracy and nature of Christmas is the birth of Christ. I mean, that's just the reality. I'm curious, though, Brian, in your role and your pastor roles as pastor of church and working with churches. Um, I mean, my experience is that more people show up to church on Christmas and sometimes Easter than any right. time of the year. Right. And, right. you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I use a lot of football analogies. It's kind of like the Super Bowl of an annual year. Right. And so, but you think about for a pastor and church leaders, now you got a larger captive audience and sure, maybe people are thinking about where am I going and what gift did I get? You still got them in the pews. You still have them in 
the sanctuary, you know, and I, I like to think of that as a good thing and an opportunity, right, for church leaders, for pastors to maybe reach people that they haven't re- been able to reach throughout the year. Absolutely. This Advent season is always a great opportunity to tell the, the story again. It's a story we're all very familiar with. And yet, if you didn't grow up in the church or you've spent time away from the church, this season is a, a good reminder. And it's a it's a comfortable time for folks to come back to church. And so, uh, you know, pastors, uh, you kind of joke sometimes, oh, you got the the Christmas and Easter folks that as you said, tended to come just on those two days. But the Holy Spirit is, is certainly capable of transforming lives just by hearing the story one time in a way That's right. that touches their heart. And, you know, as, as the Bible teaches, there's, there's kind of a preparation of the soil of the heart that takes place over time. And, and maybe this week is just the right time, even for somebody who's related to one of our, our listeners today. If you're hesitant, you're just thinking, oh, I always invite aunt so-and-so or cousin whoever, invite them again, get them to church, let them hear the great story of Christmas and experience that that wonder anew of God's love for us to the point that he sent his son. Well, and look, last year, there was a lot of curiosity with COVID and all that, you know, where, I mean, how the churches were going to operate and were you going to see a flood of people and I don't even remember. I think, you know, some of us and some churches were still having people wear masks. I mean, a different environment. And so I'm, I'm wondering, too, that opportunity for a more robust sort of celebration that we're used to. A lot of times I'll go to midnight mass. I don't think I'm doing that this year, but in the past I have. So it's it's really striking, too, when you go to church really late at night. And this is something that I think of, OK, around Christmas is we think about a lot of the stories that are told, you know, the star that was seen and the shepherds and all that. You think about what that journey might have been like for Mary and Joseph, right? And, you know, the countryside or or whatever, you know, the geography looked like, but certainly, you know, looking for that light, you know, we hear a lot about them traveling in the, you know, in the darkness. And so when I go later at night or, you know, during those times, it makes me think, it it just kind of brings me a little bit more in touch personally with what that experience uh, may have been like, even though some people are tracking Santa and I don't have a problem with Santa or, um, you know, St. Nicholas, however you want to refer to him. And if there's a religious reference, but you know, you think about, it gives you a chance to maybe think about that experience so many years ago for two human people who had a lot of faith, right? Uh, some people sometimes will, you know, sort of describe Jesus as the ultimate unplanned pregnancy or whatever. I don't know exactly how you want to, you know, how that fits theologically, but I know that that was a lot of faith that Mary certainly and Joseph had in, you know, really, you know, embracing that, but wow, what, what, you know, what an incredible thing to experience. And for us to think about, you know, just what that might've been like, because it was a real event that took place in a starting point for so many things um, you know, for for our faith and something that was anticipated a lot, but I think a lot of times it gives us that sense of uh, you know of a, of a of something new, right? A lot of times when a child is born, it just feels like there can be a lot of excitement and a new life, and you know maybe a chance for people to check in at the end of the year, even if they haven't been to church all that much, and say you know how am I doing, or to reflect a little bit on their blessings and to know that you know however things have gone, that they have that opportunity to be there and to start that relationship and, you know, really start over or, 
um, or, you know, make adjustments or whatever, or just, you know, just to have that family time together and focus on something that's eternal. Yeah. My, my oldest son celebrated a birthday this week. And I always think back to that first Christmas with a little baby under the tree. And it just brought some new life to the story of these, this young couple who were having their first baby. And, and we know the story that, uh, how Mary conceived and, and, the the struggles and the tension that was a part of that. I, I can't imagine some of the, the stress as you, as you kind of pointed out and the challenges that they had overcome. But um, I remember specifically that Christmas looking at our baby, our infant son, and, and just thinking how amazing the whole story was. And in that baby, Jesus was the fulfillment of so many prophecies. And, and you see through the, the point of his birth and all through his life of ministry and death and resurrection, you see fulfilled prophecies and in the modern church, it ought to give us hope. And uh, even in these strange days that we're living in, what an exciting thing to remember. There are prophecies yet to be fulfilled, and Christ is the fulfillment of those as well. And we can look forward to his imminent return. Well, and we know also, while there can be a lot of anticipation and a lot of things to look forward to, or maybe a chance to start anew, um, you know, Christmas time and going to church in this time of year can also bring into focus things that have not gone so well, right? Um, losses that people have had throughout their year or maybe, you know, at a close time or maybe around Christmas time. Um, I remember last year at this time, my grandmother had passed away and we were, I think, um, a day or two afterwards. I forget if it was right before or right after Christmas, um, we were having a funeral service for her. And, you know, even though, you know, she was a little bit older, I mean, we still, it, it's still, um, you know, it still hurt. We missed her and, and you know, we had our time of, of grief. And so for a lot of people, it can, you know, they can feel that loss a little bit more during this time of year, somebody that's not there or, you know, a relationship that was lost or a tragedy that happened, or they're struggling physically. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that we, we know right now that are, um, you know, they're having some physical challenges and, um, and they're missing out, you know, if you will, on some of the celebration um, you know, but that doesn't need to be a reason for us to retreat from the things that we care about, maybe a reason to draw closer, right? And to soften ourselves up a little bit and say, hey, I'm going to church because I need you, God. I'm, I'm you know, I have a, I'm having a tough time right now, or our family's going through a struggle, or, you know, we just lost a member of our family. I need to be close and be in touch. You know, just another reason why it's been so important for us to have that protection so churches can be open and, and people can be there where they feel that closeness to God. That's right. I, I know that the legislative team at Texas Values has several major wins to celebrate from this legislative session. But from my perspective, the, uh, the work that you all did to make sure that churches remain open in, in times of need was especially a standout success. I think about, as, as you pointed out, if, if you've lost a loved one, um, we used to do in a church that I was a part of previously, we used to do a service around this time of year, celebrating the first Christmas at home for believers who had stepped into eternity during that year. But it's so tough for the folks that are left behind that first Christmas, yeah. that first Thanksgiving, that first New Year's. And it's so important for us to be able to come together as the church. We were made to be in fellowship. And so you know, maybe that's that's somebody watching today that just is feeling heartbroken because they're they're entering this Christmas season without a loved one. 
go to church, be with your church family. There are folks there that want to love on you. Maybe you know someone who's lost a loved one this year, and maybe it's your call or your your stopping by their house and just inviting them to come with you to church that could make such a huge difference in their holiday season. This is a this is a wonderful time of year and it's a lot of fun for a lot of folks, but it's also an opportunity for us to minister to each other and to take care of our community. It's it's a privilege for us to be able to gather together and we we learned a couple of years ago how difficult it can be when we're separate at these important times. And so I, I would just encourage everyone take full advantage of the opportunity we have this week to gather together as the church and our various congregations and to celebrate the birth of Christ. Yeah. It's, a, it's just such a special time of year and, you know, we'll see it across the world. I mean, not just in the United States, even though probably celebrated maybe in some ways at a higher level or, you know, more of a cultural thing for some people and, and more so than other States, but across the world, you'll see that celebration of the birth of Christ. And it's something that can connect us to a lot of different people throughout the world, not just in our community, our state and our country. And that's something that's really special. I think when, when we think of, um, you know, our lives and our existence as Christians. And so I'm looking forward to it. I got a couple of things that I need to do, you know, at the house. So I'm looking forward to catching my breath at home, maybe rest a little bit. Uh, but also, um, you know, maybe add a few more lights, a couple more ornaments. I got to get my Texas values ornament. I don't know if it's on there yet. Uh, I mean, we have one every year, but I can't remember if it got hung up there because I've been running around the state seeing people. And, um, and I always appreciate that. But those religious freedoms with those laws that we passed this year, constitutional amendment, you know, and, and there were some people that opposed it. Uh, there was some opposition out there. Uh, but the pro-life law, when you think about what it's like to go through um, you know, a pregnancy for a young woman. And it's not always that they're young, but oftentimes that is the case. And now we've got an opportunity in our law with the Texas heartbeat law, trying to match that up to God's design and saying that life is precious, you know, even in the womb from the beginning. And so that's been encouraging. And it's been encouraging that you and your team were bringing people there to pray, not to sway them on legislation, but to pray and be in touch with the demands that go along with elective service you know, even the lieutenant governor's office. I remember that you were there with the lieutenant governor and sharing scripture with him. And he knows the Bible, but just to have someone there say, hey, you don't have to, we don't have to think about legislation just for a minute. Let us know. We understand the importance of bringing prayer into this building. Let it share it with you. And I thought your team did a great job of that. And that's why the church ambassador uh, project and church ambassador network keeps growing. You can go to our website, there's a click a tab on that and learn more about the great work that that Brian and Judah and Pastor Tovar are doing. So, Brian, Merry Christmas. Thank you for doing such a great job this year for our organization. Love spending time with your family. And we'll look forward to talking to you again soon, probably next week for a little bit of wrap up after right. uh, after Christmas Day. And so God bless you. And thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. All right, I'm going to let Brian go, and I've got about six minutes left. Um, you want to tell little Christmas stories? Maybe that's what I'll do, right? I'll talk about some of, uh, what's the song? Some of the, um, is it the triumphs, the glories of Christmases long, long ago? Which song is that? Um, but some good lyrics in there, like Christmas cheer. Someone accused me, well, I don't want to say accused me. They suggested one time that one of the songs, Holly Jolly Christmas, where he talks about having a cup of cheer, 
that that meant like a cup of alcohol. I've never taken it that way. I mean, maybe, I mean, you could, I thought it was sort of metaphorically or whatever that, you know, if that's even the right English term that comparing a cup of cheer, just, you know, not suggesting was really a liquid, but just saying something that, you know, you would share with people. And so um, as a portion, I, I thought it was clever lyrics, but you know, um, maybe that, maybe it is, maybe it's, you know, eggnog and a glass of wine. That's really the cheer. I don't know, but I don't think it has to, there has to be alcohol in your cup for you to spread cheer. To me, cheer is just, you know, saying hello, a big hug, uh, you know, saying you're excited to see people, right. That cheer that, uh, you know, the glow that sometimes with the kids, I still like to get gifts too, even though I'm not a kid anymore, but you'll see, you know, the kids get excited when there's a gift. Uh, my kids got a gift early this year and uh, just one. And it just because of the some of the, the circumstances to get the gift that was about to sell out anyway. So, um, you know, always uh, and they're getting older, but they enjoy some of that, too. And so it's always fun to kind of, you know, see the, the reaction and the anticipation. But we always like to go to Christmas, excuse me, to church on Christmas Day. Uh, sometimes the night really night before as it turns into Christmas Day. But I always like to do that. I don't, but I don't know if my kids are that excited because, you know, maybe that's the toy they want to play with, but, uh, but it's just become a part of our routine and, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you are too, but I also hope you'll consider supporting the work we do. Brian touched a little bit upon that. And some of it is protecting Christmas. You know, we, every year we have the Merry Christmas project that protects the celebration and the discussion of Christmas in public schools. Even sometimes we'll have to run to the aid of some certain cities or counties where somebody's an atheist or someone's trying to tear down a Christmas display and nativity scene. We've seen that happen, excuse me, at the Texas Capitol and also um, in different cities, even here in the city of Austin, we've had some of those issues come up and I think we've won every time. I'm just saying, okay. In case anybody's keeping score, Uh, but even sometimes it's not quite as hard of a fight. Sometimes it is, but you know, I, I mean, if we can't protect Christmas and Easter, you really have to wonder, um, and I remember several years ago, there were some people, not the State Board of Education members, but some people trying to influence them that um, were successful in getting Christmas taken out of one of the holidays we talk about in public schools as a far, part of a first draft. It was not voted on. It was a recommendation. We're like, oh, wait a minute. How can we not teach kids about something so culturally relevant and a part of our American experience and society and the significance of it religiously, as I think is still there? So we got that handled, but you never know. All right. But this year, the Texas heartbeat law, um, protecting religious freedom, protecting the churches from closing churches down for any reason, not just COVID. We have three laws that were passed that relate to the protection of churches and religious ministries. It's not just limited to churches, any organizations that are religious based, particularly for some of the work we do and people we work with that are Christian based um, type of protection we could not get before that we got this year. And then of course the save women's sports bill, which protects um, from having boys compete in girls sports in high school and middle school. We still think there's work to be done at the college level, but we do think it's significant and important that we're able to get that protection at the high school level. If, if you've kind of cut that off at the high school level, it makes it harder for that pipeline, if you will, to continue and impact college sports, but, um, and then state board of education, some of the work we did to keep, pro-LGBT and abortion-focused sex education from going into the public schools. That was a success in November. And there's a new law that says sex education's opt-in. Like, in other words, the school has to have had permission from you ahead of time for your students to learn 
and be taught anything about sex, sex education you don't think is appropriate. And so we've been trying to do that for, I don't know, 15, 16 years. That finally got done. A lot of things to do. We had some wonderful events that thousands of people were a part of this year. And we're already um, doing a lot of work to start educating people about the upcoming elections. So just a variety of things. And, you know, obviously the Texas heartbeat law, protecting that law and making, uh, you know, leading, being the leading faith and family organization that led to that bill getting passed and protecting it every step of the way. I was at the Supreme Court in November when the case was up there. And so those are just some of the things that we've done this year. You can see we've got a great highlight video on our website and a lot of information there but still time to support us. Okay. And, and as I said, if you send in a donation of a hundred dollars or more, okay. And, but send us an email and put in the email ornament, we will send you this Texas values ornament. It's got the nativity scene. It does have our logo. We want people to remember us and also, you know, a little conversation starter, right. At Christmas. Ooh, who's Texas values. Let's talk politics on Christmas day. Let's have some fun. We're not political though. These are policy issues that matter to people. But hey, call it what you will, faith, family, and freedom are Texas values. The only way we can continue to have those strong Texas values in our state is for people to continue to support us financially. And I think the logo went down behind me. That's okay. We'll work that detail out later. Maybe that means it's time to wrap the show up. But our website is txvalues.org. I think there's still a little bit of that matching grant of $50,000 in place that could help uh, match your donation up to 50,000. Just many reasons, one of the many reasons to support us at txvalues.org. I've been blessed to do this work for almost 15 years, uh, nine years for Texas Values. What a blessing and privilege it has been. And one of the biggest parts of it is continue to do the work we do to protect Christmas. So you, myself, and all of us can celebrate it freely without worrying about the government or anybody trying to restrict that and particularly a year after COVID. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week and have a Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.